distress, I cried to Hashem, and He heard me. Deliver my soul, Hashem, from lying lips and from a deceitful tongue. What shall be given Shalom, everyone. Shalom, shalom. Welcome to the Voice of My Beloved Podcast. This is Aaron Hood here with Braden Waller. Shalom, Braden. Shalom. Good to be here with you. So what we've got today, we're going to be going into the Psalms of Ascent. Ike, we're going to just continue on with what we uh, talked about last week, but we're going to get into actually the first Psalm, Psalm 120. And uh, what have you got to share about? Yes. Yeah, so just jumping right in here, Psalm 120. I, we mentioned before in the intro to this whole series, a little bit of an overview of the whole picture of the Psalms of Ascent. Uh, one of the things I just want to revisit that I may have touched on in that original one is that there's actually a three-chapter sequence that happens throughout these 15 psalms. Okay. So basically what you've got is is the first of this three-chapter sequence is a song that has a lot to do with distress, mm. going through a hard time. The next chapter would be focused on trust, mm. trusting in God. And the last of this three sequence, the last of these three chapters would be focused on victory. Okay. And so... This is the this really holds true in this first three uh, chapters we have in the Psalms of Ascent, one twenty here. In my distress, I cried to the Lord, mm. and then the next one, one twenty one. It's all about trusting God. If you look at Psalm one twenty one and then one twenty two, it's talking about being in the gates of Jerusalem, and there's this real kind of sense of victory, you know, and and seeing God's kingdom. Yeah. And so, but that three chapter sequence follows pretty closely throughout the whole. 15 Psalms. Mm. And so I just wanted to mention that at the beginning here is we're going to be unpacking this journey of the Psalms of Ascent. It's all, they're all going up. Yeah. Some of them are just a little more obvious <laughs> some of them in their upward. Up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So be looking for that. See if you can see that yourself, you know, as we're going through these Psalms, you know, that rise and fall of life. And that's what, you know, this first Psalm is really about the, the rise and fall of life. And you can see that life is a journey and it doesn't always feel like you're going up. But as long as you're moving forward, God's going to be there with you. Yeah. The biggest thing is just don't stop moving. Right. Yeah. <laughs> fall forward, right, is what they say. Ride the bike. Don't stop. You fall over. Right. right. I think that's the point of of defeat, really, is when we just stop moving. Right. You know, as long as we're, we're continuing on that trail, you know, even in those difficult points, like Psalm 120 here, in my distress, I'm crying out to God. Uh, this is the point of victory when we just keep our focus on him. Mm. You know, we we're singing that song this morning, let go my soul, yes. trust in him. The waves and winds still know his name. Yeah. You know? And so just that whole focus of God, I'm going to keep looking to you. Don't ever stop looking to God yeah. in the distress. So yeah, jumping into here in my distress, I cried to the Lord. This is oftentimes the beginning place in our journey with God, mm -hmm. realizing we need him. Yeah. Amen. This is where we start. Uh, I remember hearing a quote, this guy said, sometimes God will fix a fix to fix the fix we're in. Mm. <laughs> so Say that three times fast. <laughs> <laughs> he'll fix a fix. He'll, he'll set up a situation where we realize that we're in a fix. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, we're in a, in a bad situation in our hearts and we need him. And so that's what we see here. Uh, this guy in the Psalm, he's distressed. He's crying out to God. Yeah. And God hears him, or it could also be said that He answers him. Right? Yeah. It's just one of the most you know refreshing things you know about going to the jail is that these guys are broken. They you know they've they've hit that place where they're like, yeah, I, I need something. And man, what a place to grow from! Like, I mean, it, I would rather speak to those guys than somebody who had no understanding of their need of God. Really. Right. 
it's just um, that base of needing God and believing in a God are really already in their psychic, you know, already there in their mind. Right. And then all you got to do is just build off that platform or build off that foundation uh, to point them to God and who God is. And then there's there's the the foundation element. But yeah, man, what a place. You know, how many times do we say, oh, Lord, I need you. Right. And, and from that place, we we get that humility that we get far from sometimes when we when we get prideful, especially in ministry. Right. Sometimes, oh, I'm doing a good thing. You know, I'm right. I'm helping people. You know, I'm coming to speak to these guys at the jail. But man, I can tell you, every time I go down, I walk away more convicted and blessed than I did when I came. Right. Um, because I get to talk about the goodness of my God, what He's done for me. Right. And that really excites people. That excites people when you can talk about them, what God right. has done for you and your place of need, and that He is there for anyone who has a need and that will call upon Him. Right. The whole scripture, God resists the proud, but gives right. grace to the humble. Yeah. And I'm just looking at this very first step in the Psalms of Ascent, and I just believe God wants to pour his grace out on this first step. Yeah, right. right. I mean, yes. that's, that's the sweetness oftentimes of our born-again experience, mm, right? Yeah. You know, just submitting our lives to God. He meets us in that place. He answers us when we cry out to him. And there's also this parallel we see in other beginning parts of sermons, less like the Sermon on the Mount. Yeshua opens up and says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Yeah. He just, right from the very start, he says, the poor in spirit, this is all you have to be right. in order to start a journey in the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. Are you distressed? Are you needy? You don't have to meet some criteria of yeah. attainment or perfection in order to start the journey. In our distress, we cry out. In our brokenness, in our mm -hmm. poorness of spirit. Yeah. Uh, we see, you know, throughout the scriptures, there's this, starting point even in the song of songs we're going to get into later the bride says i'm dark but lovely yeah they have this there's this revelation of grace that god loves us so much even in our weakness right i'm just thinking about you know yeshua you know unless you come to me as a little child right what right. is what is a little child but someone that has a need like right. they can't take care of themselves they have right. a need and I think, you know, that's a large part of what Yeshua was saying there in that portion. He's saying, come to me with your needs. Come to me right. with your, and, and I, will, I will supply your every need. I mean, right. We see that throughout the scripture. And that's just a, a, this, you know, infant, you know, where we come to him as infants. And in, you talked about, you know, in our beginning of our walk with God, you know, that place, that sweetness when we were right. infants. You know, there right. was just a trusting there. There was a, a, a newness, you know, a, a beginning of life, right. refreshing and you know we need gotta we gotta strive to keep that for the rest of our walk with God. We gotta continue to right. remind ourselves of that need that we're still we, yes. we are growing, we're maturing, we're understanding more, but always knowing that there's so much more of God to know, right. and that we've not really attained anything um, with a life of Christ. You know, and we've we've attained only to understand Him in a, in a vape or, or a very shallow way because there's just so much of Him, even, right. even though we may know a lot of, of the Torah or a lot of the word right. and have had life experiences. There's still just so much of God to know that we're always like little babes. You know? Right. His greatness is unsearchable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's right. so much more. So here the idea is the person is saying I'm in Kedar and Meshik. And these are two geographical locations. One Meshik is thought to be in modern day Turkey and uh, Kedar in modern day Jordan. So, it seems like this the psalmist is more describing a state of the soul mm -hmm. than he is an actual, because he's describing two different places. Right. He said, what I would unpack it and say, I'm in Meshach, I'm far away. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm in, you know, far away up in the north above Israel, far away from God. I just feel so distant from God. And then Kedar, 
the way I would unpack that is to say, I'm just surrounded by all these people that just want to fight. You know, there's just this <laughs> continual angst Strive, because yeah. in modern day Jordan, that was inhabited by these war loving nomads. Yeah. And so it seems in a poetic way that the psalmist is just describing this place of being far away and being in this place of tension. Right. Yeah. And, you know, the Jerusalem being, you know, in, in his mind, the psalmist's mind, he may be saying these are the farthest corners of the world. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, yeah. Outside of Jerusalem being the epicenter of God's world, you know. Right. These places were like so far, far away. But he's saying like, you know, woe is me that I was in this place. But as the psalm continues, it goes to that place of victory. Right. So we find ourselves in this place. I, I can remember being a young you know, growing up in a Bible believing family, but still just feeling this warfare and mm. over my own soul and just feeling like, wow, the enemy's after me in yeah. certain points in my life. But that was what really drew me. And I can just so relate to this in my distress. I cried to the Lord. Mm -hmm. If it hadn't have been for the distress that I experienced as a young person, I'm talking about 12, 13 years old. I don't know that I ever would have felt the need for God. Right. You know, it was actually in that place of distress that God awakened within me I need defense. Mm -hmm, yeah. I need help. And so this poem, I want to share with you all a poem that I wrote, trying to capture this whole thing of God allows pain so that it can bring us to a place of glory. And so here's, I just want to share this with you. It's called The Pain and the Glory. Stranger there, you see the face, but not the past, the sheath, but not the sword. How could you appraise the now without knowing the before? If you wanted to cut to the chase and mar the thin veneer, you could ask this single question, what has brought you here? Pain and glory mark my road, and they seem to set the pace of a lifelong road of seasons appointed for my race. Without the one, the other shrinks to sullenly resign to a life of timid fearfulness or to boastful pride. When God's light shines in glory, let the shadow be the pain that is laid down in forgiveness by the power of the name. If for once I understood the way my maker thinks, I could then confine his workings to the realm of time and space. But I can't, and none within these earthen homes can know how deeply wise he is who sits upon the throne. From tiny seeds he nurtures us to shocks of grown-up grain. We don't always see the harvest when we feel the pounding rain. He sees goals we never dreamed, and somehow unjust pain reveals the glory of Yeshua who through suffering overcame. And so ultimately, Yeshua is that picture of one totally innocent. There was no reason he suffered, but yet in his great distress, he was able to bring many sons to glory. Mm, yeah. yeah. And Amen. so there's this this whole thing of distress. Here was Psalm 120, in my distress, there's this place of this feeling, this angst that we cry out to God and he pours out glory. He pours out his mercy on us. Right. And uh, there's just such a, a, a tension of that in the kingdom even. Yes. You know, we always just want to go from glory to glory, right? <laughs> but <laughs> Love <some> that verse. <laughs> but sometimes God uses suffering. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To get our attention. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing that tests love more than suffering. And, and right. God really wants us to know the condition of our heart. And that's what I, you know, these guys at the jail, I keep mentioning that because I've just been learning so much uh, through this ministry. And it's just that God, they say, you know, whenever they try to do the right thing, it seems like God just slams them with a hammer, you know, and, and, and I had to con, to kind of mull over that myself, and I, and I feel like it's because God's testing our love. Mm. He wants us to know where our love is at. Right. It doesn't make our love any more, you know, strong or less strong, um, 
in the sense that where it's at, but it just shows and reveals to us where our love is at. Right. And so it's, it's a test. Yeah. He wants us to know, but he wants us to love him more. And so the sufferings that he endured are number one, so that our power of our testimony can strengthen others who are going through that same thing. Right. And number two, that it shows us where our hearts are at as far as our love for him right. and where we need to grow and how we need to continue to cultivate that love. You know, I'm I just my thank, thinking of that, that one miracle where the, the man says, Lord, help my unbelief. Right. He was going through something, and the suffering that he was enduring was revealing to him where his belief was. Right. And Yeshua said, you know, you know, that he could, you know, I forget the story, but he said something to effect that to those who believe. And right. the man just broke down. He just broke down and said, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Right. And that place of humility out of the depths, like he cried out. It wasn't that God was going to turn him away because he was needy, but maybe he just because he wasn't acknowledging his need. Mm. When we acknowledge our need, oh, the Lord loves it. He loves right. it when we acknowledge our need. In our weakness, he is made stronger, right? Right. And it's not that we continue to walk in, in weakness, right? The whole thing, grace. That, but man, when we acknowledge where we're at right. and striving for more, oh, Yeshua loves that. And he yeah. will meet us there every time. Yes. Such a powerful, powerful yes. Powerful thing. So looking at this too, you know, I cried out to him and he heard me. I think just knowing that God hears prayer, that's over and over again, the Psalms. David seems to be encouraging himself throughout the Psalms that God hears him. Right. <laughs> There's Lord, so many references. I know you hear me. Yes. And so I think the truth of that though encourages prayer. Mm, amen. Knowing that there's a God almighty over the whole universe that actually hears small human beings yeah. that pray. I mean, that's just <laughs> mind boggling. Yeah. But strengthening our faith that there is actually a God who acts on our prayers mm. and just knowing that. And I think there's, it's a very endearing quality of God yeah. that he hears us that, yeah. you know, just the whole thing, even in human relationships, when someone listens to us, mm -hmm. there's a real endearing factor there. Yeah. We love people that will just listen to us. Right. Yeah. And but God is that way. He's the ultimate listener. Mm. He wins our hearts, I believe. He wins our our trust yeah. by the sheer fact that he just he listens to us yeah. and he's actively listening. To right. Us. Oh yeah. I mean, how many people are just blessed by people? I mean, out there, just consider it right now. Just think about, man, is there anybody in your life that you can talk to, and they're not just waiting their turn to tell you what's happening with them, but they're actually listening. And they're right. asking you questions. Right. And just how much of a, a healing that is, a salve, you know, to right. uh, the heart of the person who's going through a rough time. Mm. It's, man, such a caring, such a caring heart. And, and it's, I believe that God, that is definitely who God is. Just such right. a caring, caring heart for us and for our pains and concerns. And and so, yeah, I mean, I can just imagine God being like, hey, shh, quiet down. Braden's praying. I'm listening. <laughs> you know, <laughs> some of the other angels. But that's for you, too. As you pray, just know that right. God is like on the edge of his seat. You know, right. he's like wanting to hear what you're saying and, and hearing what it says that he hears us. It says he hears us. We ask anything according to his will. Right. And so, yeah, that is such a um, a power or a, a privilege that we take for advantage and, and, and don't use to its fullest. And it's been a real blessing to be here. You know, we're, we've started praying every morning and every evening here on the base an hour and with worship and man, such a powerful um, times that we've had and uh, aligning those priorities. And uh, we encourage you to do the same, you know, cry out yeah. to God in your distress and set those times apart in prayer. Yeah, it's hard. And you may have done it for a long time and then just got out of the routine, but man, get back into it. Get back into it. God wants to hear your voice. Yes. Yeah. 
back to the song of songs too. Your voice is sweet. Your face is lovely. That's the bridegroom speaking to the bride. Yeah. Saying, oh, I just love to hear your voice is so sweet. And so just knowing that I think is really helpful and encourages us in prayer. Amen. And praise. Amen. So moving on to verse two, deliver my soul, O Lord, from lying lips and from a deceitful tongue. This is a, another just foundational beginning step in the journey. When we cry out to God for salvation, I believe he answers us and he silences the voice of the accuser. Mm. And so this is what the psalmist here is praying. God, deliver me from lying lips and from a deceitful tongue. Uh, John eight forty four. this is speaking of the devil. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. And so getting set free from that voice of accusation, mm. condemnation, that's all the enemy knows how to do. Yeah. It's just speak down to yeah, us. He amen. just puts us down. Yeah. And so... This is a great prayer yes. at the very beginning of the journey. In order to stay the course, you're going to need to listen to the voice of the shepherd mm. leading you forth. If you have an open door to the voice of accusation and just pounding you down, it's going to be hard to keep the keep the yeah. track. It's right. going to be hard to keep keep on the path. Yeah, so true. You know, one of the guys at the jail, I was talking to him about forgiveness and uh, how hard it is to give forgiveness. And... Uh, he said something that I, I just kept with me. He, he said, you know, the hardest person to forgive is ourselves. Yeah. And it is so true. And I, I've mm -hmm. kept that and I, and I remember that. And this is what it's talking about, that deceitful tongue. You know, the, the enemy is, is speaking the shame, everything that you may have done in your past. And it's telling you you're not worthy of God's love and that uh, right. he could never love you. And that is not the truth. Right. That is not the truth. And, and what you have to do, you know, coming from this place where we're just talking about, you know, likening it back to the conversion is you come in a place of need and then like you're born again and then the enemy just wants to cover you smother out that mm. flame with shame and with depression right. and what you have to do is get into the word and figure out what god says about you right what god says about you Braden has a lot of these uh victorious declarations that we uh have here and we we say pretty regularly fairly regularly probably not enough <laughs> uh, but there are just scripture after scripture after scripture about god, god has you know his banner over me is love you know he right. longs for me and and his you know how high how deep is the love of god nothing can separate us from the love right. of god these scriptures that really speak to uh that deceit that lie that the enemy comes that says you're not worthy right and so this is the next step in that conversion is knowing what god says about you and believing it trusting right. him in that yeah so good verse three what shall be given to you or what shall be done to you you false tongue Sharp arrows of the warrior with coals of the broom tree. And so this is a verse speaking of the punishment of the enemy. What's going to be given to you, Satan? Oh, you're going to be punished with these sharp arrows and these coals. And this is what we see in the word in Revelation 12, uh, 20, verse 10. It says, the devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. So... There's the psalm just saying, yes, he's going to be punished with coals. And the broom tree actually in Bible times was the coals of the broom tree were known for how long they retained heat mm. and just how hot they burned. Right. And because like, you know, back in the day, they didn't have matches. Right. Mm -hmm. So they they needed to carry coals from one campfire to the next just to keep their fire going. Right. And so these coals of the broom tree were known as being some of the best coals for that of just transporting fire. So when it says that coals of the broom tree, it's speaking of a very hot and long-lasting fire. Yes. And the sharp arrows, there's a neat connection there, too. Of the enemy, he's shooting fiery darts right. or fiery arrows at us. 
And so there's this element of, well, God's going to punish him for with arrows, these sharp arrows, just like he tried to attack us, God's people, with arrows. And so there's this neat kind of uh, play on, on words or play on uh, something there yes. just with the enemy that he's going to be punished the way that he's been trying to attack God's right. people. As you have done, so it'll be done unto you, right? I mean, there's right. this idea that God is the ultimate. Uh, uh, he knows the best punishment, right? And he knows how to, to bring it to us to... Yeah, so he's the, he's the ultimate judge, and so the, the punishment fits the crime. So that's right. great. There's another thing, too, just to, just to mention on this topic, is that the words that we speak, and Jeremiah even has a reference to this in the book of Jeremiah, but talking about words being like arrows. Mm. And so just as an encouragement to us, when we speak words, they can be like arrows. And what does an arrow do? It, it flies out from somewhere, and it hits somebody, you know, if let's say you're a hunter, it's going to hit something that's not aware that it's being targeted, okay, you know, right. whereas a sword, it's more like it's more close contact, mm-hmm. but an arrow, it's shot. And so our words can be like that. Yes. We can shoot out words and people have no idea that they're being targeted as yeah. victims of our words. And so just an encouragement even here to use our words carefully mm. and not that we not be like the enemy, right. the accuser of the brethren who does this with his words are like that. His words are like arrows that shoot out these fiery darts of the enemy that shoot out and try to hit us in our most vulnerable moments. Mm, yes. But we need to be those that speak truth Amen. about our fellow brothers and sisters. Yeah. And so may God help us. And just to totally cancel out that voice of the accuser of not listening to his lies. Let's listen to the voice of the shepherd. This is so key in embracing the journey of going all the way. We want to go all the way from 120 all the way to Psalm 134, which is in the very house of God. So it's a a great journey. Amen, amen. Let's just close out with some prayer here. And then uh, for you that are out there listening to this and uh, for us here to be able to walk in this, Father God, thank you. Thank you for your word, Father Pray, would uh, settle into our hearts, Father, that you would deliver us uh, from the shame, Father, from the deceitful tongue of the enemy. Yes, Lord. You not uh, believe the lies of the, the enemy. He is the father of lies. And, uh, Father, we believe the truth of the, your word, and we just speak it over ourselves and over our listeners today. Father, we pray that we would stay in that place of need, stay in that place of recognizing our great need of you, and that you would deliver us, O oh God, in the times of our trials. Help us to know our hearts, where our hearts are at, and our love to grow. And, uh, Father, ne- never be content in, in the love of, our, uh, of the betrothal, the love of the betrothal. We continue to pursue that. So, Father, we thank you today for this word. Father, pray for strength over those. And a Shabbat Shalom to all those that are out there. We, uh, in Yeshua's name, amen. Amen. uh, So, I hope you all are blessed by this and uh, be strong. This is the voice of my beloved podcast. We believe that hearing and following the voice of the Bridegroom King leads to the most abundant and joy-filled life. Deliver my soul, Hashem, from lying lips and from a deceitful tongue. What shall be given to you? Oh, what shall be done to you, you false tongue? Sharp arrows of the warrior with coals of the broom tree. Woe is me that I dwell in Meshech, that I dwell in of Kedar, my soul.